the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course Tony Bet all the way to the Cheltenham Festival 2021. A quick apology about last week, we did record a, a fantastic podcast where I think we gave almost every single winner from the weekend's action. Um, but of course, uh, we had some problems with the, with the platform. Now, Zencaster is back in action. We are all back in action. It's myself, Dean Ryan, uh, joined by Paddy Aspel. Paddy? How are you, Dino? Good to have you back. And you were here last week, but sure no one would ever know. Uh, Dermot Nolan is here. Well, Dino. Hi, Dermot. Likewise. <laughs> yeah, likewise. Yeah, the, likewise, the podcast yeah, was that never good. was. Yeah, it was great to chat to you last week. Well done picking all them big prize winners. <laughs> as well. That was fantastic. Um, congratulations. And uh, Dave Weldon is back. Dave. How are you doing? You well? Yeah, really good. Really good indeed. Now, on this week's race hour, we are going to do a very quick review of some of the uh, the kind of final uh, Cheltenham salvos that, that went to post over the weekend. Likes of Goshen, Champ. There was a bet for hurdle, of course, and... Uh, and uh, some decent racing, so we'll pick up on those. Then in the second part, we're going to do what we've traditionally done now the last couple of years, which is go for uh, the 15 favourites of Cheltenham and try and rank them and try and give our verdicts across them. Now, some people might not like that, but it's one of my favourite podcasts that we do in the run-up to Cheltenham. We get most of it wrong, some of it right, but it is a fascinating way to go about it. And in the final part of this week's podcast, we will take a look at the weekend action comes from Kempton and Newcastle. So why don't we get underway? Uh, first part, as always, is a very quick uh, review. Uh, Paddy, I'm going to start with you. We saw a song for someone kind of block the copybook, but I'll tell you who's back. Goshen is back. Yeah, no, he, he was, can't say it right back to his best because they are saying that the clock didn't really back back up sort of the performance. But Nonetheless, um, I thought he looked better as the race went on the other day. Um, early doors, you know, he was giving Jamie Moore a, a bit of a hard time because he can lug and, and just sort of be on one rein a little bit. But I thought as the, as the race went on, he looked a bit more steerable, a bit more manageable. And I think from, from the back of the second last, you, you could see by Jamie Moore's body language, he couldn't believe how easily he'd gone away from them. Um, I don't really think that the second has run his race entirely, but... Nonetheless, it was good to see Gary Moore get his his stable star back. But you know, I I think there's there's a few um, sort of decent eyes uh, have sort of cast a little bit of doubt over the form, Dino, you know, as regards mm. the the clock. But then again, you know, he absolutely smashed what was in front of him out of the way, so certainly can't knock him too much. Yeah. No, you can't. And I, I agree with you. I thought the second half of the race was the old Goshen. The first half of the race was the recent version of Goshen. And uh, all credit goes to, to the Moore camp for, for getting him back. Because some people, including on this podcast, Mr. Cass, I mentioned you, had written him off completely. Um, Dave Weldon, what did you, you make of Goshen? And um, would you put him in the champion hurdle picture now? Because, I mean, if he wasn't in that race and Song for Someone had won it by 10 lengths, they'd all be saying this, this live shout for the champion hurdle goes from strength to strength. We have a new one now. Yeah, I completely agree with that, Dean. Um, like he was very good, and he, as Paddy said, he beat what was in front of him, and he beat them well on the bridle. So while the clock might suggest it was a, an average performance, um, you have to kind of take it visually as well. I kind of think that's where the market is confused. Like I remember you said on 
directly after the race, Dean, that he thought he'd be about 10 to 1. Um, mm. And they went in much shorter than that. But if he took it visually, he'd have to be nearly favourite. So the market's kind of in the in the in between two places um, of where to place him in it. But um, you couldn't put anyone off him. I won't be backing him myself, but he was very impressed with what he did. Um, and like some, for someone is usually a, a rival enough yardstick for the last season and a half or so, and he was kicked kicked the touch. So um, it was a good performance. It was, um, and there's there is the argument that song for someone hasn't hasn't run the usual race um, that people would have expected it to. Uh, Dermo, I mean, the short is now fours for a champion hurdle. That does seem an overreaction to one good performance off the back of plenty of underwhelming ones. It does, but the champion hurdle needed this, didn't it? Um, yep. You know, like 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 it was a very interesting race. But you know, we had the two mares there, and then I like Abracadabras, but you know, like as and I understand anyone that doesn't, and the same with Charge, the same with Silver Streak. So Goshen confirmed what he did last year. I mean, first of all, you could only be delighted for the Moors. I mean, that was that was one of the the the, the worst moments to challenge. Like, yeah, none of us had backed him really, Dean. But just you sat there going, "Oh God!" Like for the two legs to get stuck together like that. So to get him back, that's a real feat because he looked a beaten docket at Cheltenham, but absolutely superb training. Um, the race itself, I don't think song for someone like D those new tactics. I think he needs mm-hmm. to be forcing it. So I think he maybe did get a bit of a freebie, but that that doesn't matter visually. He was very impressive. I couldn't have him for a champion hurdle. And I actually think the likes of a Goshen, I think there's a bit of a problem for some other horses now in the race who are maybe thinking about going on to force it. And it just creates a real interesting dynamic now as to what do you do with Aspire Tower? Do you, do you go on again with Silver Streak or do you, do you take a pull back with him? This is going to be an absolutely relentless gallop and it's a, race that needs to be properly assessed because something could come from the back in this when you consider just how many uh, strong front runners there is but overall Dean just absolutely cracking performance and uh, just great for the Moors who who deserved it yeah great for them great for um racing as well because as you say it injects that an extra bit of life into a champion idol picture that was already looking pretty good uh, certainly compared to last year's uh, race uh, why don't we move on to um Scott Royale and uh, and champ um Paddy I'll start with you again because um, you know, the preparation has been uh, crabbed for Nicky Henderson, not just with this horse, of course, first time we've seen it around this this season, but with some of his other stable stars trying to get them into Cheltenham at fever pitch. And, and he found what appears now to have been an ideal race for Champ to limber up for a Gold Cup. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I really couldn't fault Champ on what we've seen the other day. Obviously, drop back to the minimum. They rode him forward, but... I mean, I thought he was pretty good on his feet. Uh, I think what we've seen of the old champ going to the last the other day, Nico was still in with a shout. So, you know, he's had to commit him and give him a squeeze. And, you know, he's put down. But I think, if, if, like I say, if that had been the last time we'd have seen him, he'd have tried to bring that fence home with him. But I thought he was pretty good (laughs) on his feet. Um, You know, it was much better, just a much smarter performance. And he just looked you know, a, a lot more likable and you didn't have your heart in your mouth nowhere near as much. So, and I, I think it probably took away maybe from the performance, of the winner, because we were talking and focusing on champ that much really, but no, it was, it was, it was a good comeback and hats off to connections for doing it. And uh, I think it, they'll be, they'll be much more positive now going forward about champ, won't they? Yeah, I think everyone will be. I mean, Paddy, you're not concerned about the time now between that and the gold cup and you're not concerned about, getting a run under the belt at that minimum trip? Well, I don't think 
you know, be, because Nico sort of missed the last, I don't think he really abused him from the back of the last mm. home. Uh, he was he was well clear for second. Grenadine was was ten lengths further back, so you know it was reasonable ground. He's had the run of the race, so you know he went there fresh. So y- you'd be surprised if that run has totally bottomed him. Uh, but only connections will know. But um, you know he's he, he he certainly would have that question to answer whether he can he can sort of go back again quick and and um you know it won't affect them at Shelton but you know it, th- that can only be found out on the day unfortunately exactly that is very true Dave talk to me about um about champ is he your gold cup number one now and and you know I don't want to I don't want to uh, write off the the winner of that race I mean what kind of performance does Real put in yeah sorry I was very good he was always traveling and, and jumped uh, perfect all the way around and kind of just took it up champ obviously is a stare we know he's a stare so while he showed good pace for a race score i just click quick away from him after the last but um i thought champ was deadly um i thought he jumped very well I, my fear for that race was that they were just going to treat it like a race course gallop and sit him out the back and get him around and just have a good blow after it but they really nico took the bow with horns and forced it and tried to make it a good test trying to actually win the race which i thought was very good um, like he's thirteen to two now for the, the Gold Cup. Mm. Like, I think that's a fair each way bet. Like, we know he's in good health. I think they, Paddy, you might correct me on this. They did a fairly decent um, wind operation on him, and that's why he was out missing. So that looks like it's helped him. He looks like a smarter horse this year, and um, we know he stays three miles. And I, I think the only fear I'd have for him is now if going back up to three miles too. And going just that half step slower in a gold cup um, over the longer distance, his jumping might not be as, as effective. But based on the performance we've seen on Sunday, he has cracked each way chance. Yeah, he has to He has to have. There's a couple of horses on my mind for the, the gold cup. Like if it was run tomorrow, Champ would be, definitely be uh, in there. And Royal Pagail would be in there as in kind of unknown quantities. We kind of know everything we need to know about the rest of them. Dermo, talk to me about Champ. April Tower, to be fair, Dean, is still a bit uh, of an unknown yeah, quantity. You know, you know, I'm no fan, but I'm I'm entitled to be, you know, um, completely incorrect about that because I'm kind of on. Oh own. no, that's it. No, uh, but I just mean is you can be a a non-fan all you want. We still don't really know where we stand with that horse. That's all. Very um, fair, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just think Nicky Henderson deserves massive praise. I mean, like I've said this on previous podcasts in horse racing, particularly can be kind of a bit of a jocks club at time with the the kind of followers of the sport and it can become very cool to you know slag nicky slag nico de boyneville slag all the kind of you know it, it just becomes cool to kind of do these things but everything nico or nicky has said over the last while has proven right like he said that that race between altior and surname was the biggest mistake both connections ever made and that both horses seem to be finished that that was proven right on saturday surname just doesn't look the same horse at all and yeah. um, altior hasn't either he before he took Bouverdere from half a season jumping fences and said you know what we'll go for the champion hurdle now again bit of a crazy call and it worked out brilliantly and then this season now he decides to put champ over two miles when everyone stood there going that horse can't jump that'll be that's crazy and the run was absolutely huge i just don't know what to make of it i just you know like you're looking at this form going sorry al was kind of out of form a small bit himself um he holds some serious back form but just this season hadn't looked quite the same horse he beats him but champ looked brilliant and you're kind of looking at that race going how does that translate to a gold cup i've, I've no idea and he has a definite each way chance 
as they well and said he probably is the horse after album photo who's who has the most claims you know he's a rsa winner so like we know he he stays particularly with the way that he did stay that day um but i'm just very very confused by that performance i don't know what to do with it i I've, I've woken up the last kind of three mornings kind of think about racing or whatever else and i go from I think I'll back him now, actually, and then I kind of talk myself out of it. And then the opposite as well. Like, like I've no massively strong view on him now at the moment. He, he's that was just a serious jump performance. And I always thought, Dean, as well, that one of the the real taking signs was that even when they weren't sure that they were going to get a run on into Champ, Nico de Boinville was still very happy to give up the ride on Santini. Um, yeah. You know, he wasn't keeping his, he wasn't trying to play politics and, and stay on the mall. He very clearly said, like they very clearly decided Aiden Coleman needs to get a spin on Santini and Santini and, and Nico was happy to just take the risk. The champ wasn't going to get the run. So that was, that was kind of very telling in itself. And uh, he's just a very interesting contender, but I don't know what to make of that performance at all. Okay. Yeah. It's almost like the first time this opportunity has presented itself that Nico, you know, you can write chap. Okay. I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that's pretty much what happened to him and, and, and fair play. He's going to be on a super exciting horse. Uh, in the blue ribbon we'll talk about the um the betfair hurdle david i gotta let you go first because you were very very keen on uh soaring glory and uh myself and uh dermo very keen on the runner-up so congratulations talk to me about the winner yeah he was very good um what to make for going forward i don't know yet because betfair hurdles don't really have a great one um in supreme the, the track record is not great um but he was very good on the day they went to break neck pace up front um, he travelled well enough in behind, jumped well, and, and kind of idled when he hit the front, which I, I liked because I think if Fifty Ball had gotten to him, he would have found more. Um, mm. I know there were excuses with Fifty Ball, but um, I think Soren Gloria was by far the best horse in the race, and I would probably, if he ran the Supreme tomorrow, I'd probably back him. Um, but let's see what the handicapper does. He was off one three three there. He could maybe get lenient and get a bit, get eight seven pounds, seven eight pounds, and he might be going for a county then, but. That's down the road, but on Sunday he was very good. Yeah, I put the uh, the runner up in that category as well because also holds a supreme entry, and you know they may be tempted to to roll the dice after a big run there. And but both of them will have also have eyes on handicaps. The supreme looks there for for a crack at it, Derma. Uh, yeah, I, no one seems to be discussing, as Dave alluded to there, the like fifty ball pulled the head off himself for the first half a mile uh, was brilliantly settled. Um, and then jumping the, coming up to the last fence, the saddle very clearly slips and he can't be pushed out. Like like that was a monster run from fifty ball. You'd like now he ran there off 131, wasn't it? So like you know like you'd want him to get five or six pounds, but the way that the handicap entries are so far down at Cheltenham, he'd probably get in off 135, 136 in a in a mm. county anyway. So like fifty ball emerges from that race with absolutely huge credit, and like I don't know whether people didn't pick up on it or what way it was, but I saw Luke Elder on Twitter had um, had posted a picture of it. It's very clearly that, that saddle has slipped badly, and yeah. um, and the jockey as a result cannot drive him out at the end. I'm far from saying that Soaring Glory wouldn't have won the way Soaring Glory travelled. You kind of got the feeling that had a horse got to him again, he probably would have went on again. Um, but as I've said before, though, Dean, as far as the Supreme goes. Um, this record will be broken eventually, but Kalashnikov couldn't get it done in one of the worst Supremes of all time, and Somerville Boy had stopped at the, at the third last and still got back up to win because he was a, a genuine grade one novice. A genuine grade one novice has beat these handicap winners all the time. Even my tenth of yours couldn't get the job done. So sure. I, as much as I like um, Soaring Glory, great story for John Joe Neal, 
and his son it meant so much to them but um as far as a supreme goes no but as far as a handicap blot goes i think 50 ball is that yeah i'm with you i'll be i'll be on 50 ball at the festival whichever probably whichever way they go i'd have a tilt at the uh at the supreme if that's where it went as well paddy a couple of nice horses in the front of that race yeah definitely and i mean sore and glory i mean it was only his fifth start over hurdles it was massive you just mm. really liked the way he traveled into the race and yeah, there was strong pace. You could see even the way they were circling down at the start that they were certainly not going to be taking any prisoners. And yeah, hats off to the second as well, 50 ball. There's no doubt that Jim or Joshua Moore, should I say, was certainly having some issues with his tack. But yeah, massive run. And he's another one for a six-year-old. He's, he's relatively unexposed. But yeah, it was a well-run race and there was certainly no hiding place. But I enjoyed it. It was a good effort. Paddy, talk to me about the kind of miracle ride that we saw from uh, Hugh Morgan, wasn't it, on Young Death? Yeah, no, it was incredible. And, I mean, the thing is, some of his quotes after, he's obviously he's obviously quite a funny chap, isn't he? Because he said the horse had had plenty of experience, but really, on the face of it, he'd only run over fences six times. It's not like he was, you know, a 12-year-old and he has 50 runs over fences. Mm. So, fair play to him because... You know, Navin, obviously a pretty stiff track as regards a jumping test, and he, he was in trouble straight away from the back of the first and in a three-mile race. Um, you know, that's 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 a long way to go, and uh, I thought for, for all money, he was, every time I, 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 I sort of clocked eyes on him, I thought, ah, he'll jump one more, and he'll, he'll fair play, he's give it a good go, he'll pull him up. But no, he's kept in the hunt, and it was a good effort because in the end, he only won by three quarters of a length and you know it's good solid form he was beaten last year's winner and they were nicely cleared at third but yeah solid effort I, I'd, I'd say maybe he might have he might have had the day off monday mind i couldn't have seen him getting too many lots out monday morning hugh morgan you <laughs> would <laughs> be a little bit sore i'd say yeah uh, i wonder how far that horse would have won <laughs> with a normal ride uh, it might be one to take forward <laughs> i just loved uh i loved dennis hogan the next day when he wrote a winner and uh, they asked him and he said um, he said he's just very lucky that I wasn't at the race course because I would have been out in the, the race course waving him in. He said, you know, Dennis Hogan wasn't there. So imagine if Dennis Hogan was there, that wouldn't have happened at all. He would have called him off. Yeah. Yeah. You can understand that. I mean, as Paddy says, like it's, it's an amazing idea to even go keep going for a little while and see how you get on. But to keep going all the way through. Must have fancied it, like so. Fair play. OK, uh, that is the review. Unless anyone wants to pick up on any other horses. I thought I thought no. the horse I thought the horse in the bumper oh. looked very good, Dino, because uh, Jinto of, of Gordon's. I mean, obviously, he cost a right few quid, but the first day when when they mm. when they ran him at I think it was Fairy House the the run before they went they absolutely trotted round, and although he was on the front end, they literally hacked, and he's gone he's gone round on the inside to the worst of the ground, and I mean, obviously, the winner has backed that form up, but. They made no mistake the other day, and there was plenty of money for the second of, of Sam Curlings, um, and he, he's beat him by eight lengths. Uh, so I think Jinto has, fir has firmly got things back on track the other day. I was impressed with him in, in, in the bumper. Very good one to take forward then is uh, Jinto. Okay, that's the review from the weekend. Um, what we're going to do now on the race hour is take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to do uh, that slot, which is the, the 15 favourites. Do we take them on or do we row in at Cheltenham Festival? It's the race hour brought to you at bookmakers.co.uk and, of course, Tony Betts all the way to the Cheltenham Festival 2021. You're listening to the Race Hour Podcast in association with bookmakers.co.uk. 
brought to you by Tony Beck for Cheltenham Festival 2021. Cheltenham 21 on the race out. Brought to you by Tony Beck. Hello and welcome back to the race hour brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course Tony Bet all the way to the Cheltenham Festival 2021. Uh, it's myself Dean Ryan with Dermot Nolan, Paddy Asport and Dave Weldon and uh, we're in traditional fashion now because I think this is the third year that we've done this. Uh, we're going we're gonna to tackle 15 favourites from the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, we'll run through them in, in I think it's mostly uh, order of uh, proceedings and uh, we'll try and work out whether we can come up with some kind of acker or you know basis where we all agree on a few and we'll, we'll highlight them and let's see how we go so uh, the obvious place to start is uh, the supreme novices hurdle appreciate it he's currently a rock solid uh, seven to four is seven to one uh, bar that horse if you're looking out there at the best prices um i'll go paddy first appreciate it is this um well i think the question is the right favorite but do you fancy a win well it's just I wish the market was a little bit closer. That was all. I, I think it, it does put a, the market puts a lot of pressure on appreciated, but you know, his performances probably re reflected the price that he should be. I mean, Harry Fry's horse meteor, just looking at the, the winning distances and the way he runs through his races. He's, he's a real good, strong traveler. The only thing you would say is he jumps a little bit right. Um, but I think at, at at seven to one, I think he's a cracking bet. Um, your bus just a form of the yard is is a real worry. He, he would certainly like that to improve or or see some positives going in. Mm. Uh, otherwise, I think at at the at the top end, if the the stable form of Harry Fry's doesn't pick up, appreciated will will probably his price will will go even further the wrong direction. You know, but he's a worthy favourite. You know. So, uh, do I put you down to yes or no, Paddy? That's yeah, no, honestly, part. I, I can't, think, can't fence it. Can't fence it. I, I, I think, I think if if Harry Fry's yard form doesn't show glimmers of picking up, um, I think it's 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 appreciated to lose for me. Going to put you as a yes, Dermot Nolan. Uh, no, I don't. I'm not convinced on his pace. Um, I think in the champion bumper last year, he got done for toe, and whilst he boasts serious form and and uh, Everything else, I just wouldn't be a big fan of him for a test like this, especially with the ground drying out like it is. So I think Bally Adam might do him for, for pace. So uh, mm. a no from me, Dean. No from you. I, I think pace is everything. It's going to be quicker at Cheltenham, I think, than it was in their last uh, meeting between Appreciate and Bally Adam. And if you look at Blue Lord, he dropped him from the back of the telly into the race. That, that could be anything. Dave? Yeah, I agree, Dermot. I, I, like. Is appreciate the right favourite? Of course he is. He's won the two Grade One between Christmas and the Dublin Racing Festival leading into here. And he's, he boasts the strongest form and he holds a lot of the Irish horses on that form on store ground. And um, if you go back and look at the bumper last year, he was stopping to a walk coming up the hill over two miles. Whether he get away with it in over two miles over hurdles, I don't know. Am I going to be taking him on? Yes, I will be taking him on. Another no. Okay, so I make that 3-1. We'll move on to uh, Shishkin. I'll start. Um, uh, I know Enerjamin uh, looks looks super and looks very professional and um, everything about it looks right. All mankind, bit of a head case um, and uh, plenty of ability. I don't fancy anything else will we'll get involved at all. And Shishkin is a yes from me. Dave Weldon? Um, no. I don't know why, <laughs> but just no. I don't. I... I... <sighs> He won the Supreme last year, marginally. Is Anujamin a better stare than Abbott Abbott Abbott? Yes, I would say so. 
Um, so on that basis, I'll take him on. You're going to take on Shiskin Dama. Uh, I just think with where he came from in that Supreme last year, and I know people are cribbing the the Supreme ever so slightly, but you know Shantry House and Third has has backed that up, and Edward Stone mm-hmm. ran well there in Third and in the Betfair hurdle, and he was only fifth. So I don't think that Supreme is as bad as people think. Um, so Shishkin, energy means slight jump to the right and all mankind because he's a full-on mad bastard. Um, I mm. would be going with uh, with Shishkin here, yes. Yep, yep. Okay, that's 2-1, Paddy. Uh, second fav for me, I'd be with Willie's energy mean. Um, there's so little between them, Dino. I mean, the both seven-year-olds, the both nearly got literally identical RPRs of, of, of late. Um, but I just think he's still on the improve this horse uh, an ergamine so i'm with second five here okay a hung jury like two two um for the chance of shishkin in that arc or what is great is that we have a proper contender because for plenty of parts of the early part of the season shishkin was just going to get uh all his own all his own way but I'd, I'd make that a three horse race but i think shishkin will will come through and be too good but why don't we go to the champion hurdle um dermo i'll kick off with you with this one and um, because it's a horse that you know we've kind of sponsored on the race hour for uh, many a year now honeysuckle uh, seems to have improved this year is she the right um well she's the right favorite i think three to one but we do have a returning champion yeah um she's she's most certainly the right favorite just because epiton created does does few doubts after christmas and nikki hasn't been kind of coming out with his his bullish statements about epiton quite yet so it's kind of hard to know where where they are with her. Um, Abercadabras is the each way one that I like in this race, but by far for me, the most likely winner of this is Honeysuckle. I actually think Goshen will help her out because she'll sit off the pace and she can take it up then two out or whatever. And I think that'll really help her. Um, so I think Goshen was actually a great find for Honeysuckle. So I think uh, Honeysuckle is a yes for Honeysuckle me. Honeysuckle is a yes. Okay, Dave Weldon. Yeah, I agree with most what Darren said there, I think Honeysuckle is the one to beat. I think she's the worthy favourite. Um, she'll sit off the pace, and as she's shown at uh, Leopardstown at the Dublin Race Festival, she has the tactical speed to kind of kick on when she needs it. And it'd be a very good horse to give her a seven pounds from one of, one of the males. And Epitant needs to bounce back from a very poor run the last day. Yep, fair enough. I mean, you were you were on the pod when myself and Dermo committed treason about honeysuckle going into Dublin Racing Festival. And um, Paddy, you were on the on the right side of the mare, and uh, she came good again. She looks like she's improved again. Let's 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 put it that way. Yeah, you know, I'd, I never swear on this pod, Dino. Um, so I wouldn't man wouldn't go against, <laughs> wouldn't go against the mare. Uh, it's the best I've ever seen her, and I've never sort of physically seen Rachel Blackmore as getting as much of a kick out riding her as, as what she did the last day. And, you know, mm. I, I highlighted many times that her last three races, she'd won them all by half a length and was just wondering, was she getting a bit cute and a bit wise? But, you know, she absolutely kicked them out of the park, albeit, you know, under a very good tactical ride. But nonetheless, 12 lengths she won by. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not going against, not going to go against the old girl and, and find that we're going to get to see her in the champion. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And I, I think, you know, she's going to get another great tactical ride because Rachel will be on again and their partnership is uh, so secure. Yeah, can't wait for that. I think Honeysuckle, um, you know, we've, we've always waxed lyrical about her, but this is the, the big day again coming up at Cheltenham. So Honeysuckle is the first one to collect uh, four yeses. There's another mayor we're going to talk about now. Paddy, I'm going to come to you first. Um, 
Concertista is currently around six to five for the mayor's hurdle. It looks like everything has got out the way. There won't be a honeysuckle. There won't be a Benny de Gier. What's gonna What's gonna do any damage to Concertista? Um, nothing. I don't think. I don't. I couldn't go against her. I mean, has won very very nicely. Um, of what we've seen of her on recent evidence, Manila Melody both times has has been the runner up. Mm. But certainly the last day at Leperstown, um, I mean, beat her by a good way more. Just the way she goes through her races, got plenty of boot, um, you know, and she she's a sort of mare. Even if they were if they were to if they had a target over the minimum at Cheltenham, wouldn't bother me. Um, just got plenty of pace, but the further the race goes, the more impressive that Concertista has been. Um, so no, I wouldn't be against the five here, do you know? Okay, Dave Weldon. Yeah, she wins, doesn't she? Um... It depends where Roxana turns up here, but even then they're kind of similar and Constantista is better. So I think uh, Constantista gets another vote on the yes column for me. Yeah, seems pretty simple, this one. Penalty kick demo for Constantista, seeing as the others will um, will take other targets and the, and the rest have been beaten before by similar types. I don't think so, no. I mean, she's she won at Cheltenham really easily last year, but Dalcita was second and like she was kicked out of sight the last day by Ollie's, Molly's wishes. If I got that right, like yep. Raina's world was third in that mayor's novices hurdle, and like she's she's done absolutely nothing since. Um, since then, like Manella Melody, Manella Melody was the favourite in the mayor's novice hurdle last year, and she was kicked out of sight. And since then, that's the horse that Concertista has beaten now twice. So, like, and Black Tears and heard the last day as well. To be fair, which does add a bit of credence to the form, mm-hmm. but but that was also Gordonelli's horses at at Christmas just kind of weren't running up to um to speed. So like Concertista for me has a few questions to answer, like especially when you consider Roxana could run here, damn the company could run here, Verdana Blue could even run here on good ground. And you know, you've got horses like Indefatable who obviously won at the Cheltenham Festival last year, who looks a huge price. So um no, I definitely do not I think Concertista is one of the worst price favourites. Yeah, that's, that's pretty strong. Yeah, that's pretty strong. There is that that one horse you mentioned there uh, towards the end, Vedana Blue. If that one gets a chance on decent ground, and people say it's a myth or not a myth that whether uh, she's totally ground dependent, she's got loads of back form in top top class races. That I'd make her a live candidate, but I need to see the ground. I mean, it's first day at Cheltenham. It looks like forecast going to be dry, um, but you know that means that that means the watering comes on. So uh, I'd throw Vadana Blue into the mix, but I would have gone Concertista yes, even though I don't like the price. So we'll make that a three-one, but it's still a defeat. Uh, Demo, why don't you go next on? Um, the next horse up for discussion. And this comes in the three mile six or whatever you want to call it these days, the national hunt chase. Uh, Galvin's been at the top of the market for a long time, currently four to one. He has. And you know, the more the weeks go on, the more I'm looking at his price going, he's probably an ACA horse like, like Royal Pagay goes today. So like the next horses in the market there, Royal Pagay, he goes for the gold cup. It looks like latest exhibition mightn't even go to Cheltenham. He could focus on fairy house. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. Coco Beach doesn't go to this race. Um, that goes to the Irish National next destination. They've, um, they've already intimated that uh, this race probably wouldn't suit him, especially because he's so delicate as well. I don't know whether you'd want to put him over the fences here. Iscari at ten. He's shorting in price now for this, so he could go here. But there's also the ultimate option with him, and then you're into the likes of Secret Reprieve and stuff, who who are good horses. But you know, they're they're again we're getting back to horses who've won handicaps. Um, so Galvin's a horse who loves Cheltenham, was brilliant there in November and um, last season that that second to Imperial Aura couldn't have been advertised better all season. So 
I'm actually moving towards uh, a firm yes now, Dean. Okay. I, I see I see how you got there, and it makes a lot of sense. Paddy, I'm going to ask you about this race because, obviously, you know, it's, it, the news is out this week that there won't be any amateurs at Cheltenham. We all thought that was potentially uh, the case. That takes an advantage away from a few of the trainers who use the crack lads, you know, the, the, the names that everyone just, you don't even need to look at the horses sometimes. Just go pick the two or three jockeys out, and, and these horses are going to come to the fore. Now, they're normally at the top of the mark anyway, and Galvin would have had... Um, I don't know, Jamie Codd or someone like that aboard. Um, what, do, what do you make of what's going to happen here? Yeah, it's going to be very different, isn't it? And I think it's a real shame. It really takes from the festival because I think there's plenty of, of punters and, you know, just racing fans in general. They like to see the amateurs, you know, get their, their moment yep. in the limelight. And this is obviously the highest level for them as well. Um, yeah, it's disappointing. And it does give you a little bit of a, a different angle. Um, but... I mean, he's very, very solid, Galvin, and I wouldn't like to see him get much shorter than roundabouts where he is at, at fours now. But, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to desert Dicky Diver. Nicky's are coming back round again. His horses were never running badly, mm. but the, the winners are starting to ro roll again now. He's just had another one at Huntingdon as we speak. Um, so I was with Dicky Diver here. I thought he was a cracking price at 20 to 1. He does have another entry here, but betting suggests that this is maybe the target and there's loads of angles in here longhouse poet martin brazzles he i would love if to put a pair of blinkers on this horse uh he's bone idle always runs behind the bridle and he, he's very very hard work so he's probably better maybe with a professional on his back he could be interesting as well he's also holds another entry but i wouldn't like to see his price go any shorter because he's not achieved enough to be any shorter than 16s but yeah i'm not going to desert dicky diver here so i'll have to go against galvin dino Fair enough. Uh, Dave, over to you. Yeah, I'll be taking on Galvin as well. Um, he had a similar prep last year um, where he had a couple of runs over the summer and then a big break before going to the Cheltenham Festival fresh and he was beaten. Um, he's doing similar this year. Um, so I'm going to take him on 4-1 to one, um, to a like, longhouse pole, as, as Paddy alluded to, and then Lord Royal, who is a good horse and is actually winning one his only entry in the race. Um, which is strange for him and I think he was a bit unlucky he fell at the last one going to win first time out this year and then he finished second behind Mr Hendricks the last time uh, which qualified him for this race and behind him was the big dog who went on and won the mm. Punchdown Grand National Trial last time out so I think he's a big price at about 18th one yep Okay, fair enough. I mean, uh, Galvin is not going to get the nod here. Um, I, I certainly couldn't get involved in anything lower than fours, but when I look at the market and see Royal Pagale and latest exhibition uh, next to the list, you can be pretty sure they're not going to turn up. Um, if they did, it'd make it a fascinating race. But there is plenty in the, in that field to uh, to certainly give Galvin a run for the money in the fours. Just mm, doesn't appeal too much. Okay, so Galvin doesn't get the nod. Um, demo, easy one for you in the next, the Ballymore. And uh, Gallard Dumenil, who uh, we all know you're super, super keen on for the Ballymore, so this might not take long. Uh, no, favourite horse for a very long time. Um, I think he's an absolute machine. I think he'll, he'll win this and they have to keep him over hurdles. I think he'll win the uh, champion hurdle next year. Um, so, Gayard Dumenil is a very firm yes. Gayard Dumenil is a yes from Dermo. No shocks. Um, right, Dave Weldon, go. Uh, no, no, I don't think he will win. I fancy Bob Ollinger. Um, I think Gellert the Millil beat a lot of stairs the last time at Leperstown. Um and I think Bob Ollinger will be too good for him. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm a big, big fan of Bob Ollinger and what I've seen so far. Very impressed uh, the last day and uh, the way Rachel Blackmore talks about Bob Ollinger um, would, it would make me more enthused. Paddy? 
No, I'm with Dermo here. Um, I like Gannard Demeni. I think his form is is pretty solid. Um, and for a five-year-old, yeah, Dermo's right. He could be around on 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 the scene um, for a while. This chap. So no, I'm with the Fav here. With the Fav, okay, that's a two-two. So uh, that's that's not going to make the the hallowed list. But you know, with, with plenty more to go through. Up next, uh, Paddy, you're up first. Uh, the the Brown Advisory novices chase, which is um, the the old RSA, of course, but uh, fair play to Brown Advisory for getting involved here with this. And Monkfish, his odds on his stable, well, I say his 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 let's say his owner's um, other compatriot is uh, is next in the betting, and then it's fourteen to one bar. Is there anything to trouble Monkfish? Is the five to six a little bit of value right now? Yeah, I think it is. Dino, I'd be all over it. For, uh, he's been incredible so far. Very, very difficult to pick any holes, no matter what angle you come in from with Monkfish. Um, he's just a brute, isn't he? Um, been very, very impressed with how he's yep. fenced, how he's travelled. Um, you know, and like it's it's heartbreaking, must be heartbreaking for, for Paul Nolan because, you know, he's trying to, every time he's come up against Monkfish with a very, very good horse, he's just come up a little bit short with the latest exhibition. And yeah. they're, trying to, they're trying to sort of keep him find a race that he can actually win. Um, so, but certainly avoiding Monkfish would be his, his first avenue. But no, I think he represents at the minute reasonable value. Yeah, I'm with you. I like he's only going to go shorter. There'll only be less uh, that want to take it on. Demma. Uh Yeah, you don't get interest like this in the bank. Um, he's um, he's an absolute stone cold stone cold. Certainly, once he stays. On his feet, so I think he's uh, he's a very very firm yes. Yeah, bar or full, Dave. Well, yeah, simple, 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 simple. Four nil, four nil to Monkfish, and I think uh, yeah, I think he's one of the more exciting ones. And of course, all roads after that, no doubt, lead to uh, lead to a Gold Cup, which is what you want, which is what you want indeed. Okay, after Monkfish, then we do get to the Champion Chase. Dave, you can stay on this one. Uh, we have another odds-on shot here, of course, because he's, he's shades of odds-on. Uh, 11 to 10 on Chacon Paul Soir. Uh, away you go. Um, right, so is he the most likely winner? Yes. Is he the right favourite? Yes. Will I try and take him on the day? Probably. Um, Tom, maybe a few ackers and stuff like that. But I, I can't see him beating. Um, he'll be playing in the without market, and he'll be playing each way and hoping to get a couple of each base if it's a big enough field. But um, he looks fairly rock-solid based on his last one. Okay, so that's a yes on Shaco and Poursois to get it done the champion chase demo. Uh, yeah, I made a big and passionate um, case on this podcast about why uh, Put the Kettle Con could beat him because of his finishing effort. Uh, mm. Paul Town and then just decided to hold him until the last fence, and he went to the line quite well at Leperstown. So uh, <laughs> I think he's going to be absolutely fine. He's um, he's streets clear. These he could be seven or ten pounds clear of these deans so uh i'll be playing uh, put the kettle on in the without market and um i will have an each way because you know she's she's such a good record over at Chetland, but uh check and is by a mile the most likely winner gets another yes uh patty you're gonna make it three yep i struggle to be against him um i think i think newbenegger is a good price at 10 to 1 but that's simply i'd be backing him without the winner check and Okay, I, I'm going to scupper the the uh, the the four nil because if you uh, say Altior Dean, I'm I'm leaving right now. Yeah. Well, you know, thanks thanks for coming along. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, no, I have you to can't say Altior possibly because, put Altior up. Yeah. No, I have to say Altior, but I'm not going to stop just there because uh, Chacuan Poursois mm. has enough doubts in uh, 
in in obviously with Cheltenham and that, that finishing effort. Although Dermo, you said that was kind of a, a laid last time. I think it was. I mean, I I really like Chacon Poursois' mid race move, but I'm not keen on the final furlong. And uh, I think it would be a it would be a very fitting winner. Kind of you know wish it was there last year because we would have we would have had a very different race. Um, you know that race fell apart. There's no Deffy this time, which is a, a shame for everyone involved there because you know he didn't run his race last year, but. Politologa is your, your yardstick. Nuba Negra is your interesting one coming through. Altior, if he runs anything like he's done in previous wins, will be very tough to beat. Um, so I'm going to say no. So it's only a 3-1. So that's unfortunate for Jacques Poursois. But normally, uh, me saying no means that one will dot up. Why don't we talk <laughs> about um, we talk about Easy's Land in the cross-country? And Dermo, um, I mean, I know you talked to Keith uh, regular enough. They would have been happy enough with what happened uh, the last day, despite not coming through to kind of maybe finish like like he's done in the past in the Boyne Hurdle, but Easy's Land's going to be tough to beat anyway. Seven to four currently. Easy's Land, uh, yeah, we just haven't seen a lot of Easy's Land. Um, this isn't a race I tend to get involved the whole pile in anyway, Dean. Usually, I, I just look for some sort of a thirty-three to one or forty to one shot that kind of used to be good, and I kind of throw them in. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. But but it's not, yeah, it's it's a tough race to properly uh, dissect now because you know we haven't seen Easy's Land. He didn't look great. A Cheltenham meter, albeit he was giving away absolutely streets of weight, um, but he is a machine of a horse over these fences. And Tiger Roll, um, it'll be out in the article today, but Keith Dunhill was was quite happy with him. Um, he said that had you stopped the tree out, you would have been dancing around the place saying that uh, Tiger Roll is back and he just hates yeah. that ground. And um, he, he kind of seemed to take umbrage with people that said that um, Tiger Roll had won a, a Grand National on heavy ground because his point is is that there's a, a big difference between heavy ground in Ireland in February compared to heavy ground at a track like Aintree in in April. Um, and there is a fundamental big difference there. But um, as far as this race goes, I'm just saying no because Easy's Land just hasn't shown enough this season. Um, so if I was going to get involved in this race and I was having a particularly good week, I would be looking at the angle of taking him and, and Tiger Roll on really. Fair enough. I mean, there's been there's been nibbles around the market for a stablemate of Easy Slam, which is Adjas, and also for Shady Operator. And I see a couple of others now showing a bit of blue in here, uh, Paddy. It won't be a penalty kick, maybe, if if the vibes are right about Easy Slam. Um, you know, hasn't kicked on this season. Maybe it didn't need to, but if it came back in the same form, it'd be hard to beat. Yeah, I, I think if you look down to Easy Land's profile, they don't actually go to the well with him that often. So the fact that mm. he's arriving here off the back of that four-place run here back in November. It wouldn't really worry me that much, but I think the, the French are really going to dominate the race this year, though, Dino, because, you know, the two first, like Tiger Roll and the English horse Potter's Corner, they're both 11-year-olds. Mm. The two Frenchies at the top of the market, they're both seven. The next French one is six to one. So, but it's hard for us really to get an angle on the strength of the form because we're not clued up enough, most of us anyway, with the, with the French stuff. Um, but, you know, they're very, very good, well campaigned and very, very experienced, these horses. So it probably is a race where you could get a little bit of value, but there has been plenty of murmurs about this Ajas, the second in here, yep. eight to one. And, you yep. know, prior to being beaten, Last time, Easy Land for me looks so solid. Even for a little small handy horse, I've never been as impressed with a horse going around there. But, albeit, like I've explained before, tactical masterclass on the front end the last time, he was still beaten. I know given way to it, but he shows he's beatable. Um, so I would probably not be with Easy Land here, be with the next in, the David Cotton's other one, a Jass at 8-1. to one. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I think you, I think you take on uh, Easy Land the top end, Dave. Um, you, I know you, you study and follow French racing, Dave. <laughs> maybe, maybe back in March when we were in lockdown, there was nothing else. Dying for a punt on something, but uh, watching. Watching Bundesliga and betting on French racing yeah, back exactly. in Arsha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were the days, yeah, the glory days. That was the yeah. highlight of the year last year. But um, no, like, I'll take Easy Land on. Now, I was listening to, I think it's Jason Keatley, he was on Nick Luck uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying that Easy, mm. Easy's Land had a, a setback after November, um, and they think they have him back to what he was last year and now. Um, but they, they think, to keep in mind as well, is they're going to be going to the Grand National as well with him. So um, whether it'll have him fully tuned up, for this is, is an unknown but it, it's a very hard race to figure out with as Paddy alluded to there's a lot of French horses in there and a couple of the home challenge is um, aging on a bit um, and yep. probably past their best so I, I'll sit this one out for the moment and I, 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 but I would take on Easy Sand I think Fair enough. Uh, I think that's the first one to get a zero for. So that's the Bismarck of this run through so far is Easy's Land uh, for the, uh, I, I hate saying that name as well, Easy's Land, uh, cross-country chase. That's, okay, that's the one uh, back, so did. Yeah, well, normally, yeah. if I say no, uh, the world says yes. All right, let's kick on then to the champion bumper. Uh, Paddy, I mean, you're our bumper man on, on this pod generally. And uh, and Kilcrut, uh, two to one favourite for the champion bumper um, after what was you know, almost two difficult to be true performance the last day yeah for sure and you know obviously Patrick Mullins didn't have an easy choice to make but he made the right one I mean visually he he never really impressed you that much he's not over big he's only a handy little horse and you know he looks ordinary enough to your eye but I mean there's a massive engine in there and I think the, the lads came out and said afterwards that that Patrick his his dad thought he was he'd chosen wrong but Obviously, he's he's um, he's got a fair insight into how good or, or the, the pecking order of these bumper horses. I mean, he's seven to four. Um, I wouldn't like him to see get see him get much shorter. But Gordon Elliott, he's got a mass entry here, hasn't he? Um, mm. Unbelievable! Just looking down through him, uh, it's a difficult one. I mean, it's it's a pity that Pam Sly isn't keen to go with with her mare. I leaned over. Certainly looks like she's heading towards entry rather than here because her form going yeah. forward is rock solid. Um, real, real unknown quality. Uh, I think I'd prefer to. It's it's a bit of a graveyard. I think um, the Cheltenham bumper for Favs. Um, for me, you know, the, the, there's been others. I've been quite impressed with Jerry Colom of Gardens. He's there at twenties. I mean, like I say, he's got he's got a hat full, um, and it's it's take your pick really. But yeah, Jerry Colom for me was probably quite taken. He represents reasonable value at twenty to one. Okay, shout for Jerry Colom. Um, yeah, I, look, I'm going to be a no. Just that a price like that in a bumper is never something that I'd ever uh, get involved in. If you take what you saw face value the last day, uh, Kilcrit may be home and hose, Dermot. Uh, yeah, I just don't believe that form, Dean. Um, yeah. I really don't because just the horses in front stops. So it's a, a no for me. Dave Weldon? Yeah, it, it is hard to believe the last run. Um, but he was 13 seconds quick, quicker than Sir Gerhard was at Nav. And I know it's, it's hard to compare the times, but let's be clear about it was second both times. Um, it's it, it taken a man performance to re, reproduce that. Um, it's a no for me. It's based solely on price. Um but I could see a picture of me having a treble with Crut, um, Monkfish and Shaq and Persoir on the day um, 
to make it food quid, but at seven to four now when there's still a few bumpers to be run and like there's one at Gorn um that was supposed to be last week I think is now on one day or Tuesday next week. There's usually a good mm. one in that. Um and there's still a couple of more bumper races, one in that nice this weekend I think as well. That there's usually a good a good winner to come out of that and, and go on to the Cheltenham Festival. So there's still a bit of time for change and at the prices I'd take the crut on. Okay, uh, two Bismarcks in a row. Easy's lands and now Kilcrut in the champion bumper uh, also gets the, the the Barry Bismarck, as it used to be known on the morning light. Um, if anyone is old enough to remember that, fair play to you. I feel your pain. So let's go for the uh, Martian Novices. This one might not take too long. Envoy Allen um, should win, will win, right favourite. And a bit like Monkfish is potentially value, Paddy. Yeah, it's a, it'd be interesting to see how many actually run here. Um, I think this could cut up an awful lot, this race. So if you could get that sort of price, I'd probably take it because I think closer to the actual day, he will go even shorter. Yeah, argument that this could be the shortest price at the festival, Dermo. Uh, yeah, he will be. I mean, Inurzamine, Monkfish, Shanblue probably will run, but Sporting John won't run as well. Franco de Port won't run. There's an awful lot of horses here here behind them in the market that that simply aren't going here. So, um, at at five to six as he is now, he he could be three to one on on the day really. Um, so yeah, Dean, he's he's a certainty. We may as well just just uh, just keep rolling here. Yeah, another bar of full job. Dave, you rowing in? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I, I would love to see Shamblu win the last time. Um, just to kind of give Envoy a challenge, but uh, he's gone proof. Okay, one. When I was looking down the list of what was coming um, on these on these fifteen that we were going to tackle, Alaho being on the list, I was almost going to guarantee that would be a naught from four. I'll start with uh, no, I, I can't have Alaho. But you know, demo. Do you like Alaho for this? I don't like Alaho. Full stop. So no, no. So there's two no's, Dave. No, 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 no. Jeez, we're not an Alaho uh, fan club on this podcast. Uh, it, it, like, you'd, almost, you'd almost take offence. He's not really a clear favourite. Like him, him and Maynard are it's very tight, same, so, very same tight. horse. Um, and and there's like there's plenty in behind. Like that's going to be a great race on the day. Um, it could be five to one on the day. Um, the field. So I actually can't tell you what's going to go off favourite, let alone decide yeah. whether Alaho is the right favourite. Paddy, what's all the hating with Alaho for? Uh, yeah, I know. I just none of us have ever taken to Aloe on this pod. Pretty much every time he ever runs, we always take him on. Every time he ever does anything good, we're always cribbing it. So you know, <laughs> Alaho is Alaho. He's not. He's not ours. Uh, I loved. I loved him last year, and they ran in the wrong race. So I won't forgive him for that. I hold the grudge, as you guys know. Yeah, yeah, you do. You do. Paddy, uh, is Alaho the the one here, or is this race just too open to even have on the list? I'm I'm questioning whether it should be here. Yeah, no, I don't think I'd like to be against him. Um, I'm okay. Not, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be feeling. As much hate, um, but you know the thing is, it, it's it's not like you're having to take a ridiculous price about them. Um, so no, I, 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 for for me, um, I think he, he represents okay value at, at round about five to one. Okay, well then, in the balance of fairness, of all the times we've given Al our time, he's only going to lose three one. So that's not too bad. That's not too bad at all. Paddy, you're up first on the stayers hurdle, where Paisley Park is currently favourite. I'm. I would be sure actually that Paisley will go a favour on the day, but the value is time here. We're all fans, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. I, mean, I I done this race for you, didn't I? In in the in the preview, and I had a proper proper yeah. 
think about it. And I was to and fro a little bit, but I did land on on the Hobbs uh, horse in the end time hill. I think four to one is a cracking yeah. price. There's absolutely, uh, you know, there's a slip of paper between these two, really. Um, I thought he was woefully, not Fair. woefully unlucky at Ascot, but I just think the way the race panned out for Paisley Park, it made it look the way he mowed Time Hill down that he was, he was, you know, he he was very very tough. Very, won't say impressive because he only just got there, but the ground he made up. But Time Hill, because Roxana wasn't able to take him far enough up the track, he's dust. He's looked up into the stands, gave Dicky no help. From the back of the last, and and fair play, Paisley Park came and came and chinned him. Um, I, I, they reversed the placings from the the long walk at Newbury, but for me, I think in a well-run race, absolutely no hiding place. And if Dicky is able to get a lead for as long as possible, they're both very similar. They both don't want to be in front too early, but um, I side with Time Hill on this occasion. But really looking forward to this one. It's a cracker. Yeah, I do. I, I, I just echo exactly what you said. A time Hill for me is a, is a fair price and I'd be taking on Paisley Park. Uh, Dave, you can go. Yeah, I agree. Time Hill for me is, is the most likely winner, but this is this is a deep race. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this race. Um, like Sorry to Burley, won the last two attempts. Sorry Teller, who never runs a bad race. Ken Boy won the Irish Gold Cup last time. Florent Porter smashed the Irish into touch over Christmas. Um, listen, Gary Oscar ran an absolute belter um, the last day when the vibes were pretty strong that he was going to need that run. Um, mm-hmm. Then even bigger prices like Sam's profile and, and Beacon Edge, who have won their last race as well. It's, it's a cracking race. Um, Time Hill is probably the one for me, but um, it's, it's a very deep race. It wouldn't be with a, a massive amount of confidence. Fair enough, but it's still 3-0 to, to Paisley Park um, against... I should say. Demo, going to make it four? Yeah, I'm going Time Hill as well. Will I um, will I add this horse to the Akaso? Because all four of us have gone for Time Hill. Do it. Yeah, potentially, I make that 4-0 to Time Hill. Just the bookies have got it wrong. So it should definitely be in there. Should yeah, be grand. Yeah, I think Time Hill is the most likely winner. And then each way, I think the storyteller is a crazy price at 20-1. to 1. I, I still think I'll get on to this later. On a later podcast, obviously, but I think the rides last year won that race for Sire de Burley, as opposed to the storyteller being any which way a worse horse than Sire de Burley. So um, I think the storyteller is a cracking each way price, but the most likely winner for me is Time Hill. I just think he was absolutely robbed last time out. Fair enough. Okay, we are on to the Triumph Hurdle. And there are two races left. And the Triumph Hurdle is Zana here at five to two. Now, seeing as there's some kind of control of this uh, front end of the market with the Gordon Elliott camp, and I'd be a fan of Zana here if they wanted to flip it to the Supreme and all that talk has been gone. Uh, I have to say Zana here is the right uh, one for the Triumph and the most likely winner. So I'll kick it off with a yes. And Delmo, you're up. Um, yeah, an exact same. Um, I was kind of getting keen on Quilixios, but just when I watched back those those runs again, you know, there is recency bias. Uh, that's not something to slag anyone about because uh, we all do it, you know, like when a horse runs lately, you just think they're absolutely unreal. So I went back and I watched all Zanahir's runs and Zanahir has run off a fast pace. He's won off a slow pace. He he showed that he stays. He's just an unbelievably classy horse. And I think there's a real genuine reason to say that five to two could just be too big a price about this horse uh, for what he's achieved so far this season and the fact that despite the fact that Quilixios was impressive at Leperstown Gordon said after the race that the very first thing that Jack Kennedy said coming in was it's still Zanahir that was the first thing 
that he said to Gordon. So um, I think Zanahir must be something special because Kulixios is very good as well. So Zanahir at um, at 5-2 to two is a cracking bet. Yeah, it ticks all the boxes for me. So that's 2-0 so far. Dave Wilden? Yeah, he's the right favourite. Um, there's probably still a bit of juice left in that price, 5-2. We could go up shorter. Um, there's a couple, there's two big races this weekend that could shake up the market a little bit. There's the Adonis and then there's the great three of fairy house well on said. Saturday. So, um, but at the moment, Santa here is clearly the best horse in the race. And we can only judge it on what we've seen so far. Paddy Aspel, there could be something to come out of the, uh, the ointment and, and, and blow a hole in this market. And no doubt, whatever wins, the Adonis or, or the other race Dave mentioned there, Fairy House could, could do that. But Zana here? I think he deserves to be at the top, uh, five to two. But obviously, Tritonic is declared for Kempton at, on Saturday. And he's taken on the Gary Moore and the Kings. Um, that he beat at, at Ascot. It's going to be real, real intriguing because, you know, I mean, obviously they're going, they're still going right-handed, but much different track. And Tritonic, I thought, won on the day uh, because it was at Ascot. Be interesting to see how this race is going to be run on Saturday. Mm. But I thought Tritonic was a, a, a cracking bet at 12 to 1 here. Albeit he's got to come through Saturday. Um, he's a very, very likable horse, low mileage, um, but he's got to win. On, on Saturday, and, and if he does, you, you're not going to be getting your, your 12s is what's floating about at the minute. Okay, willing to take him on then. It's only a 3-1 for Zana here. The final one that we are going to talk about is uh, is the Gold Cup favourite, and of course, bidding for a 3 P and that's Album Photo. So, Paddy, I'll let you go first uh, with the Gold Cup and Album Photo. This is the last one we're going to talk about out of 15. Yeah, difficult one for me. Um, I mean... <clears throat> I do like Aplutard. Um, do we think he's going to go here, Aplutard? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Champ has sort of, he, he's been the flying ointment now after that performance the other day. But, you know, I think his, his price reflects that you're not getting the, the same sort of value as what you were looking at getting this year. Um, but album photo, very, very solid. And obviously, Willie Mullins, a creature, a habit. He's gone down the exact same route as what he has done in previous years. And yeah, I think he, he's tried and tested. I wouldn't really like to crib him and, and go against the five here. Okay, that's one vote for Album Photo. Demo, we've, we, we got involved with Album Photo the first time he won. Uh, we took him on the second time um, he won. And uh, what about the third time? Um, I think I'm kind of rolling back in behind him again, Dean. Yeah, like, as I said earlier, the Gold Cup has kind of hurt my head this year because I went for Manella Indo, but I think the ground could be too too good for him as much as I, I still think there's a very good horse there somewhere. Um, Native River, no. Frodon, no. Santini, no. As much as I love him as well, it, it just hasn't been his year. Royal Pagay, I, I couldn't have him touch with anything. He's coming from a handicap into a Gold Cup. He doesn't have any hope. Um, a Plotard is... It, is interesting but hard to make of that race now um and champ again that 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 just hurts my head so i'm actually yeah i am um album photo wins yeah two votes for album photo dave no i'm gonna be taking them on um his prep wasn't as good this year Um, he got away with it last year off a slow pace i don't know i just just a few questions in my mind um, and I, I never really warmed to the horse either. I don't know what it is. He just some horses just don't warm to, and um, probably because yeah. I've never been on the, the, the right side of him. 
I think maybe touch the Alahos. Yeah, threw back and maybe a punch town. He went mad and ran out and everything. Probably, probably. Um, so yeah, <laughs> there's another grudge for you. But um, yeah. yeah, I'd probably take him on. Probably leaning towards champ at the moment, but I think after retired is solid. Um, goes well at the track. Um, and be Kenboy in the Savills and Kenboy back that up in the Irish Gold Cup. I'll be in a much different race. Um, I think he he is a solid one who will definitely the two of them will definitely stay and will definitely kind of be running the race at the end. Okay, um, I thought I was going to have to play the Simon Cow role and veto uh, album photo, but I don't have to because uh, I I would have been against anyway. I think there's enough there's enough in this field and Demo says Royal Pagel no chance at all. I really want it to run here, so. Uh, That'll, that'll at least allow us to have that conversation again uh, nearer the time. So that is the uh, list. Dermo, do you, do you have the four? I have the four, if you want me to shout them out. Honeysuckle, Monkfish, Envy Allen and Time Hill, isn't it? Correct. They yeah, so four. that is uh, 61 to 1 fourfold. Yeah, we've come up with bigger prices in the past, but still, they've never come off. So maybe. Yeah, but like, <laughs> we should have Check and Persuan there if you just weren't so brutally loyal. <laughs> Sure, you're not missing anything with an odds on poke in the champion chase. Like, that's fine. You're, not, you're not missing anything. Um, yeah, okay. All right, that's the four. What we're going to do now is uh, is take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have a look at the, the weekend racing still to come uh, from Kempton and Newcastle. So we'll take a break here. You're listening to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news, and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-up offers in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk, sponsors of the Race Hour. Hello and welcome back to this week's Race Hour podcast, brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. And of course, um, Tony Betts, all the way to the Cheltenham Festival 2021. I nearly forgot where my microphone was there, but we are back. Um, Paddy Aspel, Dermot Nolan and Dave Weldon, uh, myself, Dean Ryan. We're going to look at Kempton and Newcastle coming up this weekend. Um, first up for discussion is the 150 at Kempton. It's the Coast Brothers Pendle Novices Chase, a great two. I'm really keen on Tamarok Dumatan. Ran into Shiskin uh, last time. Had a big price under Harry Cobden. Looks like they found a race here. But Paddy, I'm going to start with you because I know you really like GA Law from Jamie Snowden's camp. Yeah, I like GA Law. Um, I mean, obviously, the horse you mentioned, Tamarok Dumatan, they've, up, they've done his wind, haven't they? And it's, it's, it's obviously made a massive improvement. The only thing that worries me is both his runs here, albeit before they'd done his wind, were two ordinary efforts. So that's what sort of made me stay loyal to to Gallo. I think he ran as well as could be expected behind all mankind, you know, a horse of relatively low mileage uh, who likes to be involved on the front end to only be beaten 10 and a half lengths the last day at, um, at Sandown in a grade one, I think was very, very respectable. They've freshened him up since. And, you know, he, he certainly got plenty of form going this way around and for a horse of low mileage um i th- i think he's very very likable and he- he's worthy of a mark of of 150 so i hope he bounces back here because so far over fences he is 3 from 4 um but i hope he can get back on the on the winning thread on saturday dino yeah he's he's hard to crib and they they're two good two good young um Novices here, the five-year-old uh, Gar Law, or GA Law, as I call him, and Tamarok the Matan, the six-year-old, Dave Weldon. Yeah, I, I don't really have a, a massive opinion on this race. I, I'd probably take a chance on Sonal Kamas. Um, he is probably better than a Mark 131. 
whether he's going to show it in this race or later on down the line in handicaps, I don't know. Um, but at double figures, he's probably a slight bit overpriced. Um, be a bit of a fly in the wind. Could be, could be Demma. Uh, no opinion at all. No opinion at all. Do you know what? Tamarack de Matan's beating of Golden Taipan, albeit in a lower grade race at Wincanton, was just something that really impressed me. And backed up with that Shiskin run, um, I think it's going to be a good matchup. I, I'd take that one to come out top. So it's me v you, Paddy, in that race. We'll see uh, how we come out with the only ones with opinions here. And Paddy, I know you like Tritonic or Tritonic in the 225, of course, the Adonis, which is on at Kempton as well. Yeah, I, this is a cracking race, Dino, because um, obviously. Gary Moore's horse came out of that race with an awful lot of credit. And it was amazing. If you watch the race, you can actually see when they go past the line, Jamie Moore actually has a look behind him to see, mm. like, what's happened? Where did he come from? Because, so that obviously gave you the impression, because this is a horse who was very ordinary on the level of Casalupi. Um, but it, it gave you the impression, he thought, well, the feel he must have been getting off that horse, he's thinking, how has something reeled me in and beaten me? Um, so that really sort of put Tritonic at the top of my list. Now he was obviously it was his first first day at school over hurdles, and he needed the hill at Ascot to to reel in Casalupi. Obviously, completely different track here, but he's thoroughly likable. I, I do like him. It was good on the clock. Um, so interesting to see how these two shape up. Um, there was one here. I don't know his name down. Um, I thought was very very interesting going forward was um the horse of paul nichols sorry paso doble um down yep. near the bottom this is a horse who got out of jim boulders and i remember the first day he won it he won it was common uh 40 to 1 with kevin manning on and he's an absolute bull of a horse um by dawn approach just a, a, a complete unknown obviously he's done okay since then he did manage to win again uh but very very interesting that they pitched him in here at the very first time of asking. Um, but yeah, I, I can't be against Tritonic, but he's got to come through this test on, on Saturday. It'll be intriguing to see how how these pair match up again. Yeah, and like you mentioned, Paso Doble, and there's a couple of others in here that, you know, there could be a bomb thrown in to the Triumph market here, uh, a la Solo, uh, previously. Uh, Dem, I'll let you up. Yeah, Dean, this isn't a race, again, that the, I had any massive interest in getting involved in. Obviously, Tritonic is extremely interesting just with the whole, you know, the Triumph Hurdle angle going forward. And if I was going to chance one, it would be the one that Paddy mentioned, um, Paso Doble. That was um, that was very impressive that day, what he did at Roscommon. And he won again afterwards. Obviously, the, uh, the penny just clicked with him and he's built for hurdling. So this is very interesting to see how well he goes and Paul Nichols as you've mentioned with Solo and stuff has unleashed a few but it's just how big he is in the market that you just kind of wonder if they do indeed fancy him I didn't think as far as other renewals go that this looks the strongest but Tritonic could just be a very good horse running in a in an okay race um, so I thought Tritonic should should take the world of eating but if I was going to chance one it would be Paso Doble Yep, Tritonic, I think, as we mentioned in the previous section of this pod, is around 12 to 1 for that triumph. That will disappear, Dave Weldon, if it uh, goes about its business in this Adonis here. Oh, well, big time, yeah. Um, it was not the strongest Adonis that, that's ever been, but it rarely is. Uh, you think Solo beaten Fujimoto Flyer last year. Um, Pastoble is interesting. Like, he's only with Nichols since November, um, had a Gelden operation, and I don't think he's even entered in the triumph. So I'd say he's more of a, a chase maybe for next year. Um, the French horse uh, for Hugo Moran is very interesting two wins but again not really sure what the idea of the form is 
Um, and on our Dan Junek, pronunciation is terrible there. Sorry, lads. Um, is fell the last time when would have been involved in the finish, and the horse he beat wasn't declared for this race. That was the horse I was interested in. So, mm. it, it's it's hard race to kind of figure out. I think Tritonic is the most likely winner. Odds on in juvenile races doesn't really appeal to me. So, um, I'm happy to take a pass on it. Um, but it's, it's an interesting race going forward. Yeah, it is. Um, the skeleton runner has an entry in the triumph. That's John Locke. And uh, I'll have a go at messing up that pronunciation for you, Dave. Honor Dajonk. <laughs> How's that? Thanks, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem. I mean, we may never discuss it again. Depends yeah. how it gets on. That's obviously Jane Williams and Chester Williams uh, with that one. Uh, all eyes on, on <clears throat> Tritonic and, and what happens here, I think. Uh, looking forward to the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, Dave, why don't you kick us off with the uh, the next race that we were going to look at, which was the Dove Cup, because um, this race uh, has plenty of quality in it. Currently, the market, Athol Street, uh, Paul Nichols and Harry Cobden is twos, but uh, that may well change. Coleco is going to be well fancy for the skeletons. Yeah, he will be, but I thought Athol Street should be odds on here. I thought two to one was a very fair price. Um, obviously, the fly in the ointment is, is Cape Gentleman um, coming over for mm. Emmett Mullins. Um, he has runners at this meeting in the past, and they've been well backed. But I thought Athol Street has won very impressively the last twice, and um, his bumper, his, his his bumper last year was a decent race, has worked out fairly well, um, and he was well clear the last day. I think he'll take a bit of stopping. Athol Street. Yep. Okay, Athol Street's dotted up the last twice at Taunton, the Maiden, and the Novice. Uh, Dama. Uh, yeah, I'm all over Cape Gentleman here. Um, okay. I, I, I mean, Emma Mullins bringing one over to Kempton with the hassle we know that's going on with, with kind of you know with horse racing now. Like you think he might just hold back for one, but obviously he he smells some blood in the water here. And like Cape Gentleman last time in that Grade One, that um, the absolutely brilliant Gayard de Mainil won. Um, he uh, <laughs> he he pulled the head off himself. It, it was as simple as that at the back, and he still managed to kind of make a move. Like on my notes after watching that race back again last week was don't give up on on cape gentleman i mean this was a horse who on his only his second ever run for emmett mullins went on and won an irish cesaro which quite impressively and like was second to mount leinster and his first start here in this country so like he has he is a very talented horse um two miles might just stretch him small but maybe just with how much he pulled they, they i could see him just kind of bouncing out in front here and he was brilliant on his first start over hurdles he, he absolutely hammered them uh a field there which was nothing special but still they they really think that this horse is special so just for the fact that somebody as shrewd as emmett mullins is coming over to the uk he's booked john joe neal jr who's just a brilliant young jockey and um, i think cape gentleman takes an absolute world of stopping here okay currently um around four five to one cape gentleman uh, in that three o'clock at kempton that's the dove coat paddy you're up on this race uh, i think calico could be an interesting one here um you know, because we literally know very, very little about him. They fetched this fellow over from Germany where, you know, he wasn't over-raced. Um, and, you know, there was plenty went wrong on his debut. Uh, it was a messy sort of race, but he still managed to come out on top. And, you know, they pitched him in here at a, at a pretty decent level just at the second time of asking. And, you know, I just couldn't see why the lads would do that unless they thought that they could go there on Saturday and be competitive. Dermo's right as far as Cape Gentleman goes. I mean, you take out his, his Leopardstown run and, you know, God, he's been he's been a cracking little horse for Emmett Mullins. And so he is certainly interesting that they've gone to the hassle of fetching him over. But, yeah, I was going to take a little chance with, with Calico here, hoping 
that he's open to any amount of improvement. Yeah, I'm with you. I was I was impressed with that heavy ground romp at, at Ludlow, and I think that Calico could be a, could be a rather special one for the Skeltons. But uh, it's one of those races, you know. Packing order is going to be established. There's some very good, nice horses in that dovecut. Uh, Paddy, I'm going to come to you first on the Ida. It's almost turned into a veterans chase this race with a, a whole heap of 11-year-olds near the top of the betting, but not the favourite, we think. Brian Ellison with Henry Brook. Uh, Sam's Adventure, who took that unseat last time, will probably go a favourite here for the Ida. Yeah, not as many runners as what you would normally come to expect with an Ida. And I've just seen some updates this morning. The ground is drying out up there. They're currently soft, heavy. So, mm. you know, they might have some reasonable ground there on Saturday. But, yeah, just the 12 runners. But, I mean, the bottom bottom four horses, they're all out of the handicap. I mean, the horse down the bottom is, is nearly two stone out. So, it's got a little bit of a funny look about it. The thing about Cross Park is he won this uh, renewal in, obviously, it was cancelled last year. He won the year mm. before, 2019. He's not won a race since, Dino, um, Cross Park. I mean, he's 11-year-old. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. He's still running with great credit, but all the time his mark has crept up. I mean, he, w- he won this uh, with Jamie Moore in 2019 off a mark of 135. So, obviously, he was going to go up for that, but he's been he's hit the crossbar in his last four runs. He's crept up from 142, and here he rocks up on Saturday at 150. He's having to give £5 plus to the field here, but on, on all known history, he is a good weight carrier. But this would be some effort from Cross Park if he if he if he can do that mm. off a mark of one fifty on Saturday. There was some interesting ones here. Strong economy, believe it or not, he's run under rules nineteen times. He's only once run anywhere else apart from air. So he's he's ran eighteen times at air. And don't get me wrong, he, he really does fit the bill for this race. He's a he's an out and out stare. Uh, he's only going to have 10 stone on his back. First time cheap pieces as well, which will help Connor out because he does tend to leave himself with a bit to do. Strong economy. Um, but he's going the other way around here. Um, or no, sorry, he's still going left-handed, but he's away from his beloved air. So that would worry me a little mm. bit. Sorry, I, I'll, I'll get on with it. I've dropped on two here. Crossley Tender <laughs> ran a cracker at Ascot, but he's got his favourite Tom O'Brien on who knows him very well. He just made some costly mistakes and Gave himself a bit of ground to cover at Ascot. Uh, but he still finished off well. And Cyclop, same thing. Made some mistakes um, at Wincanton last time. It still finished off okay. Unfortunately, Lily Pynchon has gotten the jock. And Brian Hughes takes over. But slight preference for Crossy Tender. Slight preference for Crossley Tender, yeah, for Tomas O'Brien and uh, and Paul Henderson. Now, you mentioned Cross Park. I mean, really, this season should be called Cross Bar. It's been so unlucky. But if it just runs that same level, even off a creeping uh, mark now up to 150, and uh, obviously got to carry top weight here, I think Cross Park will still take a bit of beating. But unfortunately, he might just find one better handicapped. Uh, Derma, I might preempt you by saying, is this the day for Big River? Um, I, It's very hard to back Big River, like, I messaged you through through the last day um, after he he ran in the um, in the Scottish Grand National, and you just mm-hmm. say like if there was a six mile race, you'd be all over him. Like you know, even <laughs> even even in the Scottish Grand National, he was still trying to make up ground late on, and he, he ran on quite well, but he he was too far back. The one I've landed on here is um, is Salty Boy. Um, he's outside of the handicap, as Paddy said, but he gets in here off um, off ten stone. As a result, it, it'll be a lovely result for. For David Bridgewater, obviously, after losing their uh, their stable start, the conditional last weekend, which was an awful, awful pity. But um, but this horse is rated 124 over uh, her, uh, over fences, and he's he's rated 133 over hurdles, and he's been steadily improving since he's joined 
David Bridgewater this season. He started off with a good uh, four to Severano. Um, he was then behind the machine. That's that's decent enough form. And he was third behind Sam's adventure when young Mitchell Bastian gave him far too much to do. And he, he just stayed and stayed that day. He, he really caught my eye. And last time out of Plumpton, um, kind of left himself with a small too much to do. But again, that was over three miles, four and a half, and that's Sussex National. And he he might have ended up as sixth, but he stayed on and on and on that day. And um, for a race like the Eider going over four mile one, I think the pace will suit him an awful lot more. And he's on a mark to really strike here. So I thought Salty Boy at um, at eight to one or so is um, a very decent bet. Yeah, I'd love that to happen for the yard as well, of course, with what happened to the conditional uh, last weekend, which has just put a big dampener on uh, on proceedings around there because they're the star. It'd be great if Salty Boy could bring them some joy at the weekend. Dave Weldon. Unfortunately, Dermo, uh, I'm going to add the old double penalty onto Salty Boy there. Um, I think he's a great chance. If you look back, as Dermo said, through his form this year, it's been very good. Um, I think drawing ground might actually be to his benefit as well. If you go back far enough on his form, he beat Notebook over hurdles at Clonmel on good ground uh, over two and a half miles. And I think he'll have no problem staying this trip. And I, I think he is uh, very good. Had a really, really good chance this weekend. Okay, another nod for Salty Boy. Uh, Crossley Tender was just preferred uh, by Paddy Aspel for the race, and uh, I, I really hope Cross Park or Cross Bar uh, gets it done for Caroline Bainey and Connections after you know, just running just massive, massive races time after time. It would be great to go and win another Ida. Uh, the 3.35 at Kempton is the Grade 3 handicap chase. Uh, regular listeners will be re- relieved to know I'm not going to tip Al Dancer in this. Uh, so this might be the day Al Dancer comes good for the Twist and Davis family. And Dave, I'm going to let you go first with the, the last race we're going to talk about on Saturday. Yeah, I really fancy one here as well. A double shuffle for Tom George and James Bone is a course and distance specialist and um, won the last day beating Amy Dubois and two for gold. Um, two for gold has gone in since. Um, before that, he was 22 lengths behind Royal Pagail. Now, if Royal Pagail is to be competitive in the Gold Cup, that's going to be well handicapped form. Um, he's just he's so well handicapped. He was running... Um, he ran in the Gold Cup last year behind, sorry, two years ago, off the mark of 158. He's now down to 145. He was 140 off his last win. If that win has kind of reinvigorated him um, and he can still show that level of enthusiasm at 11 years old, 9 to 1, it's going to look a very big price come Saturday. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's been backed in the in the days uh, into this. So Tom George, James Bone, and Double Shuffle. Uh, Paddy, you're up. I was with Dave here, um, double shuffle. I mean, you could say the second completely missed the last the other day, but really, James Bowen, he was just trying to get this fellow up through his gears and he hit the line strong. Form of that race has worked out very, very nicely. And, you know, that was off the back of a good, solid third behind, you know, this, this, um, of Royal Pagal. Um, previously, I thought Cap. Captain Ord, I thought he ran his race at Doncaster, but he just didn't help himself up the straight. He was getting in under his fences too much, and you know he, he just set himself a bit to do. And I mean, he was able to run off his old mark there, one three nine. He's off. He's been revised now, one four two. And you know, I looked at Christian Williams' record. I mean, I think six of his last eight horses, his last eight runners, they've all pulled up. Um, so, and I seen an interview with him the other day when he was on his way to the races and he just a little bit, he sounded a bit negative as regards the form of, of, of the yard full stop. So I'm going to have to desert Captain Ord and, and be in agreement with Dave here with double shuffle. 
Fair enough. Two votes for uh, Tom George's 11-year-old now, double shuffle. Uh, Dama? Um, no, I, I'm very keen on um, on Slate House. Um, I think uh, Colin Tizard's horses, you can forget about them up until around now. They're, they're in much better form now. And he won over three miles here at Kempton, beating Black Op um, in Christmas 2019. Off a five-pound higher mark, he gets, um, he gets Tom Scudamore up on board who's just brilliant at getting horses jumping and that's what this this horse needs and uh, because at times he can throw a desperate one in but he ran very well in his comeback run after a win surgery at um at Wincanton in january when a mistake two out just kind of cost him but the horse the the stables horses were kind of running so badly that you'd be worried about them so with all that kind of seemingly behind the yard now like they're still improving but they are having winners now. Um, I think Slate House is potentially a horse that's uh, a lot better than a mark of 148. And he's only nine years old, so I think uh, 12 to 1 is quite a big price about him, Dean. Okay, 12 to 1, Slate House for Tom Scudamore and Colin Tizard. And I like a different one. I think Black Corton um, at Kempton is, is a bit of a standing dish. Went very close in this last year behind Mr. Malarkey. Brian will be on top. And um, we haven't seen it since uh, December when pulling up and that. Well, it was just an awful uh, ground meeting as it has been there early doors at Cheltenham this season. And it fell behind Imperial or it's well took an unseat, an unfortunate one. It could be another day for Bryony for me. I think 14 to 1 about the horse that won a favourite for it last year. Um, and Paul Nichols is too big a price. And that's Black Corton. Anything else for the weekend? Derma, I think you have one. Um, yeah, I'll give my nap and everything else for the weekend now, Dean, so that um, our listeners can get back about their uh, their day again um visionarian is a horse that um i've always really liked uh, peter fahey horse and this horse was a huge second um behind the uh, devil's coachman last time out and in third that day was revere to tell who i fancy for the uh, the boodles were she to to go there and the devil's coachman has gone on since and beat french light at um at punchestown so that form is very strong and visionarian gets in here off a mark of 124 which just seems very light um considering that form so i think visionarian takes an awful lot of stopping considering like you know um all the different parts there and he won a Goran Park first time out this season. He's in great form. Really, really nice young horse. And a mark of 124 massively underestimates him. So, Visionarian in the 4 o'clock at Ferry House on Saturday. Um, he's your number 10, Dean. He's my nap and my anything else. Yeah, Visionarian. Interesting um, runner in that race. And that race is fascinating as well because I see Flink has joined Conor McBratney and, um, and Dennis O'Regan's down to ride that. That was a horse that was potentially going places for Hobbs before. A bit more That's interesting that race than I thought. Dean, that's a good card too. You've got the the Red yeah. Mills hurdle is running there on um on Saturday. I'd say you're gutted now that they're not open because that's about a stone's throw from your house. And um and it'll also be good to see Burrow Saint ahead of his um his Grand National bid. He runs in the Bobby Joe Chase. So that's a good card. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it's a cracking meeting, actually, that one. Um, we've got likes of Acapella Bourgeois, Annabelle Fly, Boris St. Longman, 2A per me, and that Bobby Joe, which is always a great Grand National pointer, of course, uh, Irish and and English. And then uh, in the Red Mills, uh, Jason the Militant is there. Stephen Cass will be hoping that that uh, docket he has for the champion hurdle is not dead and buried yet. Rachel Blackmore and Henry de Bromhead. Okay, I need a nap from the other two lads. Paddy, why don't you give us your best of the weekend? I was going to go very low-key, Dino, on a race that we well, there was no point in discussing, but it was actually the conditional jockey's race, the last race at Newcastle on Saturday. A horse, I mean, he's yep. evens at the minute, but he absolutely bolted up at Carlisle the other day, having run well in a jumper's bumper prior, Foster's Island. And obviously he's turned out quick by Mickey Hammond, who's having a real good spell, but he's got the £7 penalty. But this time, 
Billy Garrity takes three off. So it's it's a four-pound penalty, but it's a very, very ordinary event. And if you could get any sort of price near evens, I'd be all over Foster's Island. Foster's is Island. <laughs> it's a funny old name, that, for Mickey Hammond. That's in the 5 o'clock at Newcastle on Saturday. Uh, Dave Weldon. Yeah, Paddy keeps on top of horses that beat horses I've backed, so uh, that's, that's not great. But, um, yeah, I'm going to have double shuffle. I, it's probably in each way now, but I think he's a great win chance. Okay, double shuffle for you. Uh, Tamara Damatan is, is my nap, not a great price. So, uh, Black Court, and I'll take you on um, in, that, in that same double shuffle race as well. Uh, you've been listening to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. And, of course, Tony Betts all the way to the Cheltenham Festival 2021. If you are listening to this on Thursday, it's just one week until we do our Cheltenham preview night. Uh, do check out the competition on uh, Twitter, of course. Just check out hashtag Race Hour. You'll find everything that you need. My thanks to Paddy Aspel, Dermot Nolan, and Dave Weldon. We'll do it all again next week. This episode of The Race Hour was brought to you by Tony Beck, our Cheltenham Festival sponsors for 2021. And whether it's the latest trends or hottest festival tips, don't forget to visit bookmakers.co.uk where you'll be covered with top-notch insight before and throughout the week. The Cheltenham Festival 21 on The Race Hour, brought to you by Tony Beck.